Good day. Bill Boyd here from the North Carolina Study Center with our daily devotional. We've been looking at Isaiah chapter 30. We began with verse 15. Just such a wonderful passage. In repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength. Uh, I keep saying it each day because I want it all to uh, really work its way into our minds and our hearts. But of course, the third part of that is, but you would have none of it. And we've been asking, well, why would God's people have none of that? And yesterday we started looking in depth at why, and that is that um, when the rubber meets the road, uh, repentance and rest and quietness and trust is not always what we're looking for, actually. And so the people of God in Isaiah's day, they're worried about a nation of invaders, uh, the Assyrians, who carted off the northern kingdom of Israel, and they're afraid they're next. Uh, it's not a lot different than where we stand. You read the news and you think, oh, wow. I mean, is what happened in Italy going to happen to us next? And look at what's happening in New York City. Is that, you know, what do I do? And we get nervous. And when God's people got nervous in Isaiah's day, instead of listening to the prophets and um, forsaking sin patterns and turning to the Lord, instead of humbling themselves and waiting and in quietness and trust, relying upon the Lord who had delivered them out of bondage 700 years earlier. They turned back to the bondage. And we noted that that is often the case when we get nervous. Uh, we turn back to the things that offer uh, simple solutions to complex questions, whether those solutions are uh, substances or whether they are illicit relationships or whether they are business partnerships that we know are not healthy for us, or whether it's simply just adopting um, you know, bad language or, or, or flippant ways of dealing with people. Whatever it is, we, 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 we get loose in our living, and uh, it's not good for us and it's not good for other people. What I want to do today is to begin reading once again at the beginning of the chapter, but I'm going to go through the part we looked at yesterday. You can go back and look, uh, listen to that if you'd like to. And then uh, I'm going to read a, a section further and just do some running commentary as we speak. And we'll deal with this passage today and tomorrow, and the next week we'll have a new passage. But perhaps you've never dealt with this part of it, uh, because it's, it's probably not one of the more common areas of the Bible. So, uh, Isaiah 30, verse 1. Woe to the obstinate children, declares the Lord which there are probably a lot of mothers right now who have their children at home who might need to repeat this verse. But I digress. Woe to the obstinate children, declares the Lord, to those who carry out plans that are not mine, forming an alliance, but not by my spirit, heaping sin upon sin, who go down to Egypt without consulting me, who look for help to Pharaoh's protection, to Egypt's shade for refuge. Of course, one of the Psalms says the Lord is our shade. But Pharaoh's protection will be to your shame. Egypt's shade will bring you disgrace. Though they have officials in Zoan and their envoys have arrived in Hanes, everyone will be put to shame because of a people useless to them who bring neither help nor advantage but only shame and disgrace. Zoan and Hanes were places in northern and southern Egypt and the point simply is, look, go wherever you want to in Egypt. It's not going to help. Then we read this. A prophecy concerning the animals of the Negev. 
And trust me, this will have uh, something for us here. Through a land of hardship and distress, that's the Negev, of lions and lionesses, of adders and darting snakes, the envoys carry their riches on donkeys' backs, their treasures on the humps of camels to that unprofitable nation, to Egypt, whose help is utterly useless. Therefore, I call Egypt Rahab the do-nothing. Now, if you've spent much time with the prophets, you know that they're not uh, all that, they're pretty good at talking smack. And here, Isaiah is really bringing it. And, and what he's saying, though, uh, we need to hear the principle behind this, which is that when we turn back to old alliances, to old sin patterns, whether it's um, a business practice, whether it's a way of just using our language flippantly, or whether it's something uh, like an affair or substance abuse, when we go back, it's not just what we're going back to that's a problem. It's the whole path there. And Isaiah is saying, do you understand, Judah, that you're loading up your riches on donkeys and camels and taking them across a desert where there are lions and where there are poisonous snakes, and you're doing this in order to invest in a corporation, so to speak, that is bankrupt, and you don't even know it. They're not going to even exist in a couple hundred years in terms of being a big, powerful nation. And the problem here, of course, is the same problem in our day, that when we turn to unhealthy things, it's not just the thing we're turning to, but it's kind of the whole company you keep thing. When you form one unhealthy alliance, it's impossible not to form a second and a third. And the next thing you know, if you start doing business with someone who's not the kind of guy you would want your children to do business with, and in a way you would not want your children to do business, the next thing you know, um, you're surrounded by people like that. You know, your Christmas party's full of those people. At a time like this, when we are separated from many people, it is so important that we maintain connections with the people of God and that we continue to listen to the word of God. And one of the reasons for that is so that as we go about our daily life, even if that's simply on the internet or on Zoom calls or something like that, that we can recognize untruth when we hear it. And that we also will not be isolated to the point of where we're surrounded by people who are actually not looking out for what's good for us. I want to continue for just a couple of minutes here. Go now, says Isaiah. Write it on a tablet for them, them being your children. Inscribe it on a scroll that for the days to come, it may be an everlasting witness. Tough language. For these are rebellious people, deceitful children, children unwilling to listen to the Lord's instruction. They say to the seers, see no more visions. Stop. And to the prophets, give us no more prophecies of what is right. 
Tell us pleasant things. Prophesy illusions. Leave this way. Get off this path and stop confronting us with the Holy One of Israel. Our final point today is this. When we get off the path, when we start to turn back to old alliances, the alliances are unhealthy and dangerous. The path there is unhealthy. But this may be even the worst thing here, is that once we turn from the truth, we lose both the appetite for the truth, but also the ability to even hear it or be around it. Idols exacerbate our insecurities and anxieties. And you hear the people of God here saying, look, no more telling us what's right. Just tell us pleasant things. Prophesy illusions. And what could be more American than that? I mean, what could describe our contemporary culture more than that? They even say, look, leave this way. Get off this path. Stop confronting us with the Holy One of Israel. In other words, we can't take it. We're just not suited for that. Friends, at such a time as this, our communities, our, our culture, our nation needs the people of God to be interested in not just what is pleasant, but what is true and good and right. And our calling is to be interested in those things, to be immersed in those things, to keep ourselves connected with others who are interested in those things, and to be praying for our president and leaders of hospitals and local businesses and everyone involved, teachers, that they too will hunger not for what's pleasant in the moment, but for what is true and good and beautiful. That's the message of the cross. The cross is not Jesus choosing what's pleasant, but what is good and right and ultimately beautiful for his people. The Lord bless you and keep you. See you tomorrow.